Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, and with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Let's read it again. But unto everyone, who? Everyone is given the grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended... What is it but he that also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carrying about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by the which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part and maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Let us pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, it is so rich, it is so precious, Lord, it is so dear to us. Lord, how this chapter has really spoke to our heart in a, in a new and a fresh way. And Lord, I thank you for our Sandhill Church. I thank you for our, the, our wonderful brothers and sisters. And Lord, I pray that I would get out of the way. I would not be a hindrance to Lord to this message. I, I pray that it would be clear to all of us exactly what your word says. May your Holy Spirit open our hearts up, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so, we have talked a lot in the past about uh, kind of the the tail end of what we just read, where God gave 
you know, pastors and teachers and, and all that to the church to equip the church to do the work of the church. That's church on purpose. Okay. And we talked about that before. But as I, as this is about four or five messages now, we've been preaching about gifts and callings and trying to get us to kind of see that. And I kind of feel like a lot of you are still like, what does this matter? It does, it's not important or whatever. And I'm trying really hard to get you guys to see how important this is. But as I begin to look at this, I went to read again all fresh. It really came to me very, in a very different way. Did anybody pick up how many times that we read this morning? It was talking about the called, the calling, your, the, the called. It's, it's all through here over and over again. It keeps repeating it. And then there's a lot of talk in here about unity and, and the, uh, one another. So there is a picture here of not only uh, that we come to church for the purpose to be equipped to go do the work, but there is also the idea that as I read it to you in verse number seven there, every one of you is here for a reason. Listen, if you are saved, you have a gift. If you are saved, you have a calling. That's what the Bible says. And you may say, well, I'm just here. I just do whatever. But you got to understand, God in heaven, he gifted you a particular way and gave you a particular calling. And when you understand how that works, uh, it will kind of change everything for you. Now, I titled it, this isn't cool like Josh, but it, I want you to understand it. I need your calling. Doesn't that kind of sound backwards? Don't I need my calling? I mean, isn't the only thing that matters is that I'm called to preach? No. I need your calling. I need your calling. What good is a preacher if you don't have a congregation? Why would you guys come out here to hear me if you didn't have good singing beforehand, right? I need you. And the idea is, well, my calling doesn't matter. Well, I need it. Everybody here this morning, I need your calling. What you are gifted for, what you are called for is part of why I am here. And what I am called for is part of why you are here. Right now, I know we've all heard over and over. Every preacher's used it. If you've listened to any preaching, you've heard it over and over. We've used it at camp. It's it's an old old illustration. But the sequoia trees. Everybody know what the sequoia trees is? The redwood trees out in California. The great big massive trees. They grow uh, from uh, they say from an average of 149 to 279 feet, and some of them go way over 300. Well over 300. Can you just imagine a tree that you go look at in, in terms that all of you young people understand? It's nearly as tall as the dragster at Cedar Point. Can you imagine a tree that big? And some of these things are, are, are 30, 40 feet across in, in uh, the trunk size. Huge trees. Here's something that really boggles my mind more than that. They said that some of those trees by Charles are over 3,000 years old. We're talking about, it was way before Jesus was born, these trees were already growing. They were already a mature tree before Jesus was ever born. So that's mind-blowing. We've all heard the illustrations of it. We're not going to belabor the point this morning. Except for to say this, I, I guess I'm, uh, you know, I, 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 I process slow. So we've all heard that a sequoia tree, as high as they are and as big as they are, their roots don't go very deep at all. They're actually very shallow roots. But what happens is all of their roots link together. We've all heard that before. I always just had a hard time with that. As I thought about that, it just, I couldn't quite get it to register in my mind uh, um, just the, the 
how that would work. How can you have a tree that is 300 feet high, that big around, and the wind blows, and, it, and its roots aren't very deep? It just, like to me, that would tip over. And then it dawned on me. You know what you really got to do? Get this, guys. This is really good. Do you know what you really got to do to blow a sequoia tree over? You got to knock the whole forest over. Because all of them are connected. So when I'm getting blown down, I'm pulling against Charles. And I'm pulling against Georgie. And I'm pulling against Terry. And when the devil's trying to knock me down, I can't fall because I'm tied to them. Literally, you have to blow the whole forest down to knock one tree down. And though it doesn't go deep down like some other trees, it's so connected that the other trees are what's holding it up. And you say, well, Brother Charles is right beside you, but Brother Richard's way back there. But you know when the wind starts blowing, I'm pulling on Richard too. Because we're all, isn't that a picture of the church? Isn't that a picture of the church? We come here, we're going to get to it later in, in the message, but we come here and we are tied together. And in order to move one of us, you have to move all of us. Now, you can have your opinion, you can think what you want to, but I'm going to speak very dogmatically this morning. That's what the Bible teaches. You don't get your own brand of Christianity. You don't get your own opinion about it. We are put here to be tied together because we need each other. And that's just what the Bible says. And, and, and I, I'm going to be quite dogmatic about that this morning. So, so <clears throat> the, the sequoia trees have interlocking root system. They draw their strength from, from other trees. So every Christian here, if you are saved, you have a calling. I've been trying to get that across to you guys for a long time, but I, I'm just being very dogmatic. You have a reason. You are gifted and you have a calling why you are here. It is meant to be intertwined with other callings to form an unbreakable network. Now, we're not going to try and go through all 16 of these verses, but do you guys see how that it speaks about uh, walk worthy? That means uh, act in an appropriate way how you were gifted. If you were gifted to do a particular thing, do that particular thing uh, because we all need you to do it. And then, and then in verse 2, it goes on to speak about uh, having humility and lowliness and meekness. You know what I think that's saying? I think, I, I think this is really, really powerful. I think everybody here needs to, needs to understand you're not more important than anybody else. You're not more important than anybody else. You say, well, I don't get up in front of the church. Well, what good would it do me get up here if you're not back there? Right? There's no big eyes, little use. God didn't say, well, this one's important, this one's not. He said, in lowliness, say, your gift, it just fits into the piece of the puzzle like everybody else's gift. And if you're, if you're doing what we might think is, is uh, the least job, Paul actually said, you're more as important as the one who's doing the most important job. Now that's what the Bible clearly says. So all of us need to understand your gift is intertwined with other gifts. You ought to have a lowliness of mind because your gift is not any more important than anybody else's. They all go together. And then it speaks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. 
And then it goes on to say that there's one body and one spirit, even the e that are called into one hope of your calling. All of this, and then it goes on, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one father. What is it all saying? Listen, Josh said this in Sunday school. He, he, he messed up his, uh, his surprise for tonight. But listen, this is all about Jesus. It isn't about you. It's all about him. And we come out here, God gave you the gift to sing and you bless the church. So what? We're here to worship with you. God gave you the ability to teach or to preach or to, to be a deacon or to help the needy or to whatever it is you do. You have a lot of money. You help the church out. Praise God. That is just your part that goes with everybody else's part to make church. There's no big eyes, little use, important people, unimportant people. Totally sidetracked, total, total rabbit trail. We've never, ever done this to this church. Well, I've never done this. Not, not, never have I done this. And, and we just don't do that in this church well, because I think it's wrong. But you know, there are churches that if I am the pastor, if I know Josh and Jenny are extremely wealthy and they have lots of money and they give very generously, I'm going to do everything I can to keep them happy because I want them to keep giving their money. You know how I look at it? We're all in this together. If you give a lot of money, you're not any more important than the person who gives a little bit of money because we're all in this together. If you've been blessed to make a lot of money, you ought to give a lot of money because you've been blessed to make a lot of money. If you are poor and don't have very much to give, you're just as important as a person who's putting $1,000 in a week. See, that's, what, that's the picture. And when we start saying we need this one more than that one, we're wrong. Right? Because, of course, we're all tied together. So, <clears throat> so if you kind of get the idea, I think what Ephesians chapter 4 is clearly teaching, it's all about the Lord. We all have a calling. We're all tied together. We're all like a jigsaw puzzle. We put it all together. It makes a beautiful picture. You take your piece of the puzzle out. If you have a piece of puzzle, if you have a jigsaw puzzle, and you take a couple pieces, they're not very pretty. But you put them all together, you got a beautiful picture. That's the church, people. So let's look at, again, I'm going to be a little dogmatic this morning, but I think we need this, and, and, and I, I stand firmly on it. I will debate you biblically on this, uh, but uh, you do not get to make your own truth. Can I get an amen? You don't get to make your own truth. It is what the Bible says. It is not your truth. Every Christian's responsibility, if you are saved, if you are born again, Every Christian who is up on the earth has responsibilities, and God gets to give you those responsibilities. You say, my responsibility is I don't cuss, I don't drink, and I don't tell lies. There's more to being a Christian than that. There's more to being a Christian than that. And, and we, make up, we make up what we think Christianity is, but the Bible has, has some pretty clear things to say. But I want to say this dogmatically. You are to commit to the local church. I know I've beat that dead horse a, a lot, but you know why I do? Because it's what the Bible says. Listen, I challenge anybody here. I'll challenge anybody online. I will challenge anybody. You find me in the New Testament where you will find someone who got saved and they were Lone Ranger. Wasn't part of the church. Wasn't part of a congregation. Wasn't part of anybody. They just did their own thing. It's not in here, people. It's not in here. Isn't it strange today how we have this, this new Christianity who it's just me and Jesus? I got my own thing worked out with Jesus. I don't need the church. I don't need membership. I don't need, I don't need a body to belong to. I don't need to make any commitments. I'll jump here, there, and yonder. I don't need that. I got a thing with Jesus. But that's not biblical. 
That is not biblical. You will not find that anywhere in the Bible. Always, 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 always in the Bible, Christians are together because we need each other. Can I just say this humbly? I can't make it without you guys. I can't make it without you guys. I, I, can't, I can't do this on my own. You say, all I need is Jesus. You're deceiving yourself because God didn't make us that way. I'm not saying Jesus is not enough. Don't go out of here and twist my words. I am saying in the New Testament, we are designed to be a part of the local body of a church. And it's funny to me today in the, in the day that we live in, I can remember back when I was a kid, everybody wanted to be a part of a church. It was kind of the cultural thing to do to be a part of a church. But today, you know, this isn't a Baptist thing or a Sand Hill thing. This is just a national thing. All across the world, all across the United States, people don't want to commit to a church. I'll go here and I'll go there. I'll bounce here and I'll bounce there. I'll do what I want. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stay there as long as they make me happy. When then I'm not happy anymore, I'll go somewhere else. That's, that's the, the American way now. But can I just tell you, I don't care what the American way is. That's not the biblical way. That's not the biblical way. The biblical way is this is where God put me. I am here. I've said this a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. If you've been here very long, we have offended you. <laughs> if you've been here, raise your hand if you've been here 20 years, you've not been offended. There ain't nobody. You've been offended, you've been hurt, you've been discouraged, but you're still here. You know why? Because this is your soldier. I got, I got a newsflash. You guys are not going to believe it's going to blow your mind. I got a newsflash. I've been married 33 years almost. I've been offended. She's made me mad. Don't listen, Brother Bo. <laughs> Sometimes she's not been very good to me. But you know what? I made a commitment. That is my wife. When we got married, we were both taught as kids, divorce is not an option. It gets ugly. It gets nasty. It gets painful. But this woman is the one God put me with till the day I die. Isn't it supposed to be the same way for church? I'm, I'm not saying you can't move churches. That, that, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about a commitment. It's not about getting my feelings hurt. It's not about getting what I want. It's not about things with the way I want. Those of you who've been here a long time, there have been a lot of things that didn't go the way we wanted. Amen? Why are we still here? Because we made a commitment. This is our church. And so I want you guys to get that. That is the New Testament way. That is the biblical way. That is what all Christians are supposed to do. And right along with that... <clears throat> If you And I've been trying to get this across, and I think, again, I'm not sure I'm sinking into all of you guys. But you need to find out your gift and your calling in the church. It's important, people. I'm trying to draw you a picture of how important that it is. Paul said here, uh, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. I looked up that word vocation. Do you guys want to know what that word vocation means? I didn't know that's what it meant. you know what it means? It means you're calling. Look it up in the Greek. That's what it means. It means you're calling. He's saying walk worthy, act in an appropriate way according to the way you've been called. Uh, wherewith you've been called. You say he's repeating himself. It's because it's important. It's because it's important. You're telling me that God Almighty gave you a gift and he says it's not that important. You're telling me that God called you to do something and says it's not that important. No, people, it's important. We need to know what it is and why you are here. And we're going to try and help you to do that. I've been trying to simplify this so we can all get a hold of it. But it is very important that you do it. Now, 
Here, here's, a, here's one for you. It's not only important that you know why you're here, but you got to do something with it. <laughs> if you know that you're supposed to stand at the back door and smile and shake people's hands as they come in, and you don't do it, you're just as wrong as the pastor who won't get up and preach a message. Amen? You have a calling. If you don't do your calling, you are sinning against God. You need to know what it is, and you need to do it. I am being dogmatic because I think this is important. I'm not beating you people up as a bunch of people who are living out of the little guy. I believe we are good people, and I believe everybody here wants to do what God wants. I just want you to understand, listen, you don't get the option to say I'm not that important. I keep looking back here. I keep looking back here. It keeps catching my eye. I keep looking at Javi and Case and Callan sitting back here. Can I tell you they're just as important as I am? And can I tell you this? They've been gifted and they've been called for a purpose. You say, well, they're just kids. I beg to differ. They're children of God. And they have a job that's just as important as my job. Everybody, I'm trying, I'm trying to get you guys to get this. If you're saying, I, I think some of you have been... Have it in your head. You're showing humility by saying, I'm not that important. No, you're not. You're saying, God, what God gave you is not that important. It's not humility. It's, it's putting God off. If God gave you something, it's important. If you come in here and, and, and encourage people or shake people's hands in the country, whatever job you do, if that's what God gave you to do, you ought to rear your shoulders back and say, I have the most important job I could possibly do. I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm saying there's a reason you have that job, and we need you. We need you to do your job. And the question that's obvious to ask is, it says walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. What happens if you don't? I want you guys to think about that. What happens if you don't? If God in heaven gifted you and called you to do something specific and you don't do it, what happens? Look right here. It affects me. It affects me because I am more vulnerable being blown down when the wind blows because you're not doing your job. Am I getting this across? If you do your job, I need it because it helps me. It helps all of us. Our, you say, well, if I don't do what God calls me, it's just me. No, it's not. It's everybody else. You're hurting the church. You're hurting me. You're hurting your brothers and sisters because you have a reason you are here. Do you got that? It's important, people. Utilize your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. Secondly, I like to look at unity in a new way, a new look at unity. I've preached unity over and over. If you've listened to any kind of preaching, you have heard unity preached over and over and over. We're all tired of hearing about unity. It's just, we're sick and tired of it. It's preached so very much. I preached it a lot. But almost always unity is preached like this. We all need to get along and not fight. Isn't that how unity is always preached? We all need to get along and not fight, right? Well, that's true, and we need to kind of get on the same page and understand the Bible, you know, kind of all come together and kind of come in. All of that is true, but I think there's something much deeper here. If you look at what this says, again, in verse 1, he saw, if we're staying in context, in verse 1, he's talking about uh, to walk worthy of the, of the calling wherewith you're called. And then he speaks about humility. And then he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
Now work with me here. Look, look at this as a, as a, as a, in context. What is the unity of the Spirit? Now, I don't think, now the King James Version, this is a capital S, which would mean that they at least believe that it was the Holy Spirit. I don't believe the Holy Spirit wants us to come out here and fight with each other, but I wonder if there's something more to this. Could it be that the Holy Spirit gave Brother Terry a gift, and Brother Miguel a gift, and Jamie a gift, and Rachel and Renee, and Javi and Callan and, and Kaysen, and Kari, let's put her in there, and Juliet and all the rest of them that are here, and Peyton, all of them there. And he says, work in unity like I designed it. Did, 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 did that make sense? Did anybody, did anybody get that? The Holy Spirit had a jigsaw puzzle. He said, get that plan together, and that will be the unity of the Spirit. That will be the way I did it. You say, what, how do you get that? Well, in context, there's a lot of talk here about calling in one another, and then we go on into verse 4, and it speaks about one body. That's all of us are the same. One Spirit, it's all in the Holy Spirit. One hope, all in what? Your calling. Everything is coming around your calling and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit says you are to link arms with everyone else in the church to work together the way the Holy Spirit set it up. Now, we don't have a huge church. I asked this a few sermons back, but could the Holy Spirit take this little group of people and give us everything we need to have church. I mean, don't we need a few lawyers? Don't we need a few more smart people? Don't we need a few more this and that? Or could God say, could the Holy Spirit say, just what's sitting here this morning, I can take all of you and make an unbelievable church. Are you guys getting the picture? And... I think that's a picture we miss out on. The Spirit, the unity of the Spirit is doing it the way the Spirit wants it done, linking together uh, for uh, uh, the reason that the Holy Spirit put us here. So everyone in the church is linking their calling to others' callings. There's no big eyes, no little U's. We've already said that. I need you. You need me. We all need each other. And we all ought to say, I'm just putting my little piece of the puzzle in to form the picture of what the Holy Spirit has designed. <clears throat> We are designed, I am dogmatic about this, I, uh, I will argue this biblically, and I will discuss this biblically, but this is what the Bible says. We are designed to be dependent on each other. We've come up with a Christianity that says, I don't need you. How many people are there today, and, and, I, and I thought maybe there's someone watching us online or maybe someone watches in the future online or hear the podcast, and you say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need that church. How many people are there out there who have been hurt in church, have went through a bad situation in church, and have figured out they will come up with a Christianity that is churchless? I sympathize with you if you've been hurt. I sympathize with you if you went through a bad thing. I sympathize with you if you've had your pastor do some horrible thing. But can I just tell you, it's not Christian to not have a church. It's not Christian. It's just not. We are to be a part of the local church, and we are to say this is our church, and we are dependent upon one another. 
I will go so far as to say this, whether you're watching us online or listening to the podcast or you're sitting here this morning, or wherever you're at, maybe you're not even from Ohio, but I just, I, I, I'm very, very, I'm very, very dogmatic, okay? I say this. If this is where God put you, then say this is, this is my church. If this isn't where God put you, go find where God put you. Is that too dogmatic? If, if this is, if you're going to live with her, marry her. Is that language you guys can understand? Listen, if you're, if you're, if this is the woman you want to spend your life with, marry her. If you want to just sleep around, then you don't call yourself a man. Is it not the same thing in the church? If this is where God has placed you, make a commitment. This is my church. If you guys hurt my feelings, I'm still going to be here. You guys disappoint me and let me down? I'm still going to be here. This is my church. If this is not where the Holy Spirit's placed you, then find where he wants you. Is that just too straightforward? That's, that's, just, that's, just, that's just what the Bible says because every, every Christian is supposed to be a part of a local church. It, it, it is what the Bible says, and we, we need each other. Can I get an amen from you guys? Do we need each other? We need each other. Is there anybody here? I know we have. A, we, I think we love each other. I don't. I think there's no schisms. There's no fighting us. I think we all love each other. But is there anybody here that really wants to do this by yourself? I mean, how scary is that? You say you're the pastor. I tell you, it would scare me to death. I'm being honest, with you. it would scare me to death. I, I, I'm not saying that Jesus isn't enough. I'm just saying this. I need you guys. I need you guys. How many of you know? Sometimes on those those rough places that we hit, that phone call, that text, that little encouraging word can mean the world. Right? It's because we need each other. Nobody was designed to do this alone, so we need each other. <clears throat> and I want you to get this, the big picture of what God has equipped us for. And, and I, I, feel, I still struggle that you guys are getting this. So you guys talk to me. You guys, you guys talk to me. Does God have a plan for Sand Hill Church? Come on, you guys. Does God have a plan? Who's a part of that plan? Everybody. Everybody. Now, here's this will, this will kind of stretch your brain a little bit. We, we said some things last, last week at the banquet. Maybe some of you, you know, how could that be possible? I want to ask this question. I'm, I'm not here to beat you up. But is it possible, as great as things as we have done, we could do far greater if you guys would do your part? <laughs> Am I making any sense? If everybody got in and did their calling, I think it would blow our minds what we could do. Because we have a phenomenal church, but I think there are still some of you who say, I'm along for the ride. I'm here just to do whatever. But some, we all need to step up and say, this is why I am here, and I will do my part. And then we see the big picture God wants to do with our church, and we can move ahead and do great big things. And to kind of repeat myself, if one of you doesn't do what you're supposed to do, you hurt every one of the rest of us. If two of you doesn't do what you're supposed to, you hurt all of us. If five of you don't, do you get the picture? You hurt us. But if we all do what we're supposed to do, wow. Wow. Amen? So we got to all get in and do it, guys. It's important we all get in and do it. <clears throat> Last point, security 
uh, of unity. So it speaks about the, the unity of the spirit, talks about the oneness of the body, talks about it's all about Christ. Uh, we're to go out and do the work of the, um, in verse 13, till we all come into the unity. Again, that word of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. We know that it's speaking of being mature. Uh, it, it speaks about, uh, verse 14, about not being blown around by false doctrine. We are stable. Uh, we are speaking the truth in love. Th this is a picture of a mature congregation that is in unity, that has been knit together with the Holy Spirit. There's security in that. I was thinking about this message as, again, in the United States, it's a popular thing to say, I'm not going to commit to a church. I'm not going to put my roots down. I'm not going to do that. It's, it's just me and the Lord. And all across the country, pastors are having trouble making, getting people to commit to, this is my church. But here's what I thought. Look what you're cheating yourself out of. Look what you're cheating yourself out of. You say, well, I don't, want, I don't want all those strings attached. You know, that's why people don't get married. If I could just shout to every young person out there and all the craziness is going on, and I don't know why I keep getting hung up on marriage this morning, uh, but if I could just shout to everybody, as fun as it might be to sleep with her, it's a whole lot more fun to be married with her. Because what you have when you make a commitment, 10,000 times better than what you have with a one night stand. Is anybody getting this? And that's what we've kind of turned, turned church into is I want to come and get my needs met, and if my needs aren't met, I'll find another one that meets my needs. No, there's a commitment. This is where God wants me. So people won't give in to that. They say, I don't want to make a commitment to that church, and they cheat themselves of all the benefits that come with it. <clears throat> so first, the first thing that I have under, uh, under security of unity, there is the unity of faith we've already talked about. Now, I thought this was rather... Uh, um, uh, I didn't know it, but it says um, unity of the faith. <clears throat> if I can find where we're at. <laughs> where does that say that at? Uh, anybody find it? It says unity of the faith. Um, oh, verse 13. Do we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the, of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, uh, the, the, the unity of the faith. <clears throat> There's a word I'm looking for that I'm not finding. I apologize. My brain just went out on me. <clears throat> but the word, I don't think I put this in your notes, did I? Yes, I did. Who can be relied on? I'm trying to find that Greek word that says that, and I can't remember which word it was. <laughs> Anyways, it says to be relied upon. One that can be relied upon. That's the definition of the Greek word. Do you get the picture of uh, 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 God wants us to come into a unity so we can rely on one another? You guys getting that? Isn't it good to know that, that I'm not going to come out here to church and be alone? Isn't it good to know there are going to be people who come? Isn't it good to know that people are not going to turn their back on the Lord? Isn't it good to know that there is a people you can rely on and that you're intertwined with them because they hold you up because we're in unity together? And that is the picture. Uh, I apologize for that, for that misstep, but, but that is the picture that we get in the Bible is we come together in unity and we can rely upon one another and, and that makes us what we're supposed to be. 
We, we see down in, in, in verse uh, 14 where it speaks about doctrinal protection. We're not tossed around to and fro by, the, by all the things out there. Listen, if you go to this church and this church and this church and this church and you, and, and you don't commit to whatever, if you do that, you are vulnerable to false doctrine. But if you find a church and say, this is where God placed me and I'm going to put my roots down, it protects you from all of the things. Out there. How many of you know there's a lot of things out there in Christianity that can deceive you? You listen to the TV just a little bit, you listen to the radio a little bit, you listen to some podcasts, you will come across some really dangerous stuff. You need a place that protects you from that. <clears throat> Protection from satanic attack. Just a moment on this, just real quickly. And is anybody here, you can raise your hand, you, want to, you can shout, shout at me, you can shake your head. Yes, but is there anybody here that's been attacked by the devil? Amen. <laughs> Brother Charles was shared a little bit with us in Sunday school about your head. You ever get in your head? You ever get in your head and just put thoughts in there? The devil's messing with you. Listen, if you're a Christian, you've been attacked by the devil. Amen? What do you need when you get attacked by the devil? I know you need Jesus. I am not discounting that. We can't make it without Jesus. Don't go out here saying Gary said Jesus is not important. Please, that is not the message this morning. Is everybody with me? I'm not discounting Jesus. But isn't it good to know when you are attacked that I'm intertwined with a whole bunch of other people. When he's trying to blow me over, when he's trying to get me to quit, when he's telling me to throw in the towel, I'm intertwined. You might just have, whenever you want to quit, you might just have someone say, hey, missed you when you're coming back. We're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you go. Does anybody want that? We need, to be, we need to be intertwined where we can't just walk away. And the devil messes with us. The devil fights with us. The devil puts thoughts in our mind. We've all been there. But I'm telling you, one of the greatest uh, ways to protect against that is to have, have an intertwined calling that says, I am part of the church. And I need to be there. I love to see people take their job serious. Don't you guys love to see people take their job serious? And there's a lot of people in this church that do take their job serious. And there are some jobs that go very, very unnoticed in this church. And there are some people who do very diligently do their work that, that really never get recognized. But I love, it just blesses me. I love to see someone who's doing what they're doing. Nobody's paying attention and they don't care. They're just doing it for the Lord. I know everybody, I was thinking this morning about, um, about callings and, and everything and, and Brother CJ and, and all those guys that work back there in the back. But, um, and I know we all a little bit know what they do. There's a commitment back there. I, I don't think most people don't know the hours that CJ puts in, the, the time, the work, the, the, his passion for what he's doing. And, and I understand CJ has a personality that, that's maybe different than maybe all the rest of us or some of it, but, but you know, he doesn't care if I get up here and say CJ is the greatest thing in the world. He doesn't care if we even notice he's doing it. He doesn't care. He said, this is important to God. This is important to me. And I don't care if it's important to anybody else. But where would we all, and maybe you guys don't even realize where we'd be, but where would we be without CJ? See, it would just, it would like let the bottom out of everything. Is anybody getting my point? Does that not apply to every one of you here? It applies to every single person. Listen, CJ is no more important than anybody else. We're all in this together. And when you do your job like it's important, you don't need to be patted on the back. 
You just need to know I'm doing this for God. <clears throat> All things in Christ. I love this as I studied. As I said, we use this chapter for uh, uh, the. Uh, church on purpose and then this year we're talking about all things christ and uh, we get down to reading this and it, and it speaks about uh, um, all things in christ uh, verse 15 but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which he he is the which is the head even christ all things in christ i think that's what this whole chapter is teaching us everything is about jesus but we get to be a part of it. Jesus could have put together a church and he could have done it all on his own, but he invites you to be a part of it. How dare you say my part's not important? Am I getting this across? I'm yelling at you guys. Are you guys getting this? You are important and you don't get the option to say I'm a Christian, but I really don't matter. Look right here. Nobody, nobody sitting here gets to say the church would be just fine without me. You're not allowed to say that. You're not, you're not putting me down. You're putting the Holy Spirit down because the Holy Spirit said, you're important and I put you there. Am I getting this across? You are important. And so let, let's, let's take up that, that uh, mantle and, and do it. And Isn't it good to have a sense of purpose? Sister Velvet, isn't it good to know when you come here, there's a need for you? Isn't that good to know? Is everybody with me? It's good to know somebody needs what I'm going to do. My contribution is needed. It is, it is a good feeling to know that when I go, there's a reason I'm going. That's what this whole thing's about, people. For four or five weeks, I've been preaching you guys, trying to get everybody to see. If you get up on Sunday morning and you say, I need to be there, there's a reason. You'll come with a whole different attitude. That's what this is all about. And I'm going to make a statement here, and someone can correct me after service if I'm wrong. Um, and, and, but in my mind, I went over this. I, I, and I, I'm going to just kind of make it blunt. We're under security of unity. I put down, no one falls in unity. Work with me here. I'm going to make a statement. You can do what you want to with it. I've, I've, been, I've been in church for a long time. Uh, all my life, I've been in church. I've seen a lot of things. But Charles, I've seen a lot of people come and go. You know, we could fill this church up 10 times with all the people that's come and gone. I mean, there's been a lot of people come and go. And we know that. And, and that goes for every church. Every church, is, every church has, you know, and in today's society, a revolving door is kind of a thing. I want to make a statement, a, a real bold, blunt statement. And some of you have been here a long time. Help me if this is right or not. <clears throat> Now, I'll just, I'll just put since I've been a pastor. I don't think one person has ever left this church, not one, not one single person has ever left this church who was intertwined with their calling. Do you guys get that? See, you can attend this church, and this is not your church. You can attend this church and not like anything we're doing. You can attend this church and think, I don't matter. Can I tell you, you're very vulnerable to not be here anymore. But if you come here and say, this is my church, and this is my gift, and this is my calling, I have not to this day seen anyone in that situation where the devil just sucked them back out into the world. Am, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Now, don't go out of here saying, 
We've had some good people leave this church for various reasons. And, and back to the message, can I just say, maybe this wasn't their calling. Maybe this wasn't where God placed them. So don't anyone go in here saying, Gary says everybody left church is a bad person. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I think there's some people left the church maybe because this wasn't where they belonged. But I'm saying this. I want to get it down plain straight. I want you to understand it. If this is where God wants you, if you find out your gift and your calling and you get intertwined, the devil can't just suck you out of here. I, I've said this before. I know I'm the pastor, but I don't really think it's that much different for you guys. I've had a few bad days. I've had a few discouraging days. I've had a few days I just wanted to throw in a towel. So, Georgia, I've thought I'm done. I ain't going back. I quit. I'm resigning. I'm done. And then it dawned on me, now what are you going to do, stupid? <laughs> I, think, I can't leave. I have nowhere else to go, right? I need you guys. And it should be the same for every last one of you. You'll get aggravated. You'll get hurt. You'll want to quit. But if you're intertwined and this is church and your callings here and you're, you're, you're tied together with others, you can't just walk away. And I don't know if you guys are buying that or not, but I'm just selling it. If you'll intertwine, you can't get sucked by God into the world. And to my remembrance, I don't think we've lost not one person that really said, this is home, I believe in what we're doing, and I'm intertwining my gifts with what you're doing. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.